Hello, listeners. Welcome back to On the Block. I'm your host, Madison McGee, and this week's guest is Scotty Sultan from Big Brother 20. He is a comedy king and has a seriously incredible outlook of what it means to be on a reality TV show. He gives us a glimpse into his mind, and it's a wild ride. If you like this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would rate, review, subscribe, all of those things, share it with a friend, or tag me on social. This show is truly only possible because of you, and it has meant so much to me to be able to do this for the last six months, and I'm really excited for what is to come in 2022. In the meantime, here is my interview with Scotty Salton. Can I hear you? Yeah, can you I hear me? You. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. I had, like this long thing. It was like recording in progress and it like gave me an explanation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, hi, thanks for doing this. <laughs> oh, no problem. I hear um, good things. Oh, Rockstar really? Jess both like, yeah, Rockstar and Jess both said you were really good. Oh my gosh. Well, that's fantastic. Um, I love to hear that like huge fans of all of you, to be honest. Um, you and Rockstar had a better season than Jess, but. <laughs> I think, I think she knows that. <laughs> I think she um, said that to me before. Oh no. <laughs> if only she had been on one year earlier. Um, gosh, we'll hey, just. Who, who does she replace though? Oh yeah. I don't know. That's, that's fun to think about that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, real like life plot twist. If Jess replaced like Angela and then there was no Tangela, like what would the world be now? That'd be wonderful for me. <laughs> I'd love that. Like how, isn't that weird to think about? Like if one thing changed, like how different people's like lives would be. Tyler would be lonely. <laughs> oh man. You're just trying to take that away from him. There'd be no, uh, oh, what's the name of their, they have a company. I don't remember the name of it, but it wouldn't exist. It wouldn't exist. Um, that's kind of weird to think about. Oh, should we play this game more and do more of these? <laughs> I mean, just like alternates in general, you think of like if this person was on and this one wasn't, or they were on a different season. Cause like there were like four people from my season who were alternates for other seasons. Wow. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, that's like this year. Did you watch 23? Not like religiously, but I'm like aware of everything that like happened and like okay, the live yeah. and like everything's on Twitter all the time. So Claire was a replacement and like oh, yeah. now she's like best friends with Tiff dating Derek X. It's like what would have been had like she not gone into the house. It's just so weird to think about. So uh, Derek X would have been lonely. <laughs> Like, it's always the the showman's people. Gosh, that's wild. Um, so you were on Big Brother 20. Obviously, like, I feel like a lot of people call that season in, like, the last recent ones, kind of excluding BB23, I guess, like, one of the best of the new age of Big Brother. So I don't know if you've heard that, but I've heard that. People say it all the time, and I deflect like crazy. Because, like, I don't know what to say to that. Usually I'm just like, oh, boy. And like, that's, that's my universal like sign. If I say, oh boy, that means I know you want me to say something. I don't know what to say. No, it's just interesting because it's sort of like, 
like you don't know when that season is going to happen and you don't know when you're going to like be on it and you just kind of happen to be there and it's like oh yeah cool like I was part of that like it just that's what it was that's what happened um how it feels yeah it's kind of interesting had you ever applied to be on the show before yeah I actually only applied for big brother 18 okay and like I tried out. My siblings were all going to try out. So my sister was the big reality TV fan. And she was like, we should all try out. I was like, cool. So like I studied like crazy. I like figured out exactly what I wanted to say. Like if whatever questions came up and like, I had a whole formula in my head. And then like the day before they were all my siblings were like, you know what? We can't, we're not going to go. My sister was like, I got to watch my kids. And my brother was like, well, if no one else is going, I'm not going to go. So I went and they like took me to semis and like they ended up, not taking me because Steve won 17 and they didn't want like the white nerdy guy back to back. Oh, wow. So then they called me again for OTT and 19. I really like, I wasn't super in to the idea of OTT because like now seeing it, yeah, it was cool. But the way it was pitched, I was just kind of like, this doesn't sound like Big Brother. What is this? Right. It, it was pitched as like an off-brand Big Brother kind of. Yeah, so I was like super, I wasn't super receptive to that. And then for 19, which is funny too, because on that season, they ended up casting Scott, who was like a different, like white nerdy virgin guy. So like, I don't know, I have like this whole conspiracy that was like supposed to be me. And then the same thing for 19 is, once again, they're like, hey, come out to open call for 19. But the day before the Chicago open call edition for 19, I tore a bunch of stuff in my ankle playing basketball. So like, I couldn't like do it. Like I still went to the open call, but like I was going to be out all summer. Like I couldn't walk or run on it for months. So then they pick Cameron, who's like this white nerdy, like athletic guy who lives in Illinois and went to the same college as me. So I was like, Hey, I wonder if that was supposed to be me too. And then I ended up on 20. Hey, but he got out first. (laughs) I, yeah, he got, he got screwed. You're like, glad that was not me. The worst, even what's even worse about that is how much time I've talked to him about it, how much time he had to spend like being sequestered in hotels and stuff. Like, because they did the battle back like a month after he got evicted. So he was in a hotel that whole time killing by himself. That would be awful. My gosh. Yeah, that would be like to be sequestered, like triple the time you were in the house. (laughs) It's more than way more than triple. He was in the house for like a day. Oh, he was like the Western for like over a month. He didn't that even make awful. it like a whole week. Oh my gosh. To him. He got wow. rude. Yeah, that would be horrible. Well, that's so interesting. So you kind of went through the, pro- you'd gone through the process before, obviously had some things happen where it didn't work out for you. And then it you got on the works show. works out, man. I'll be <laughs> yes. 20 over being on 19. It's true. Yeah. It, yeah. That's, that's a good story of like the universe, like giving you what you need, not what you want. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Well, what, yeah, okay. They... What was your oh, experience like being on 20? So, I mean, we, we saw like, obviously you had some friendships with certain people, but were you really close with just like everybody? No, I would say I wasn't, like, wasn't close with anybody. I was pretty much, I was going solo the whole time. Once Steve was gone, I was like, crap. Yeah. 
I mean, sure. it, I feel like maybe that played a little in your favor. Do you think people just weren't paying attention to you because you were kind of on an island or? No, I'm pretty sure that. So the second week I was on the block with Winston, if that veto didn't get used, obviously I'm going. And I think week three, if I didn't win HOH, I would have been the one to go. Really? I'm pretty sure that I was very expendable to everybody very early in that game. I just didn't have like relationships, like from like day one, like nobody wanted anything to do with me. Why do you think that is? Um, well, I mean, yeah, they, like the Ian and the Steve kind of stereotypes where they win. Um, they all thought I was lying about everything. Everything that came out of my mouth was apparently a lie, no matter how like truthfully it was. Um, that I, would never, be like, so frustrating. Well, going in, I didn't want to wear my glasses day one because I had like a feeling that was going to happen. But like, it was like my character type. So like I had to wear them going in. And I kind of think that that was like uh, the first like nail kind of mm. in the coffin. Like, wow. I, I don't think I ever like overcame that because like everything they thought my career was a lie. They thought everything my backstory was a lie. They thought a lot about how many siblings I had. The virgin thing they thought was a lie. They even at one point said the glasses were a lie. It was like a weekly game where they would guess what I actually did for a living. It went from doctor to like NASA scientist to like MMA fighter. It went everywhere. Oh my, were you like getting frustrated by that? Like, no, I'm telling the truth. Or were you just like, whatever they're going to think, whatever they think. No, after, after I kind of like realized that second week where I was kind of like, ah, I'm expendable. I was kind of happy to be there. Yeah. And I think a lot of people watch and reply is kind of like, he's not trying like as hard as he probably should be. And I think that's just kind of like, I was in that mode where I'm like, Hey, this is kind of cool to be here. I'm going to yeah. win if I can like find a way to weasel in. But like, unless I find a way to weasel in, then I'm kind of screwed. I mean, you made it to jury. And I feel like that is for someone who, like you said, like was on the block, felt expendable to make it all the way to jury is pretty solid. I would say. Oh yeah. I'm happy with like, for the most part, how I did. Like there are definitely things I could have done better like I don't think it's like it's not like on everybody else for like not liking me like I wasn't super super diligent and I think that was a mistake I made like I'm the kind of person where like when I say something I only gotta say it once and I think I'm good but like in a place like the big brother house you gotta like not just every day but like every hour just repeat yourself over and over and over for like people to like understand that or believe you or whatever and I didn't do that at all I would like say something once and be like I'm good I don't got to yeah. see that person the rest of the day. I mean, in normal world, that's how it works, right? So. <laughs> yeah, I played it a little too much like the normal world. Wow, that's so interesting. Did you go in with any sort of strategy or were you just like, let's just see what the vibes are and then go from there? I mean, not like a mechanical kind of strategy. It was more of like, I just wanted to see what kind of people were in the house. And they just kind of like played uh, like their images of themselves which is another mistake I made. I kind of like went in assuming everybody like their number one goal was to win. And I don't think that's the case for everybody. That was oh, something I kind of like interesting screwed up on. Um, but yeah, I didn't have like a mechanical. It was more just like, I would have liked to have won the first HOH, but that was literally impossible because I didn't even get to play in it. Um, I wanted to find a way to like align big target people and then just like sit back and let them like do everything like I wanted to align with Swaggy because if there was ever a perfect big brother shield Swaggy C 
And I would have loved to just like gone as far as I could with him. And then eventually they would have gone after him, but he got ditched week two. And I was like, oh crap, I lost Steve week one. I lost Swaggy week two. I am screwed. Oh yeah. That's so, that's actually really interesting. Like the idea of shields and stuff. Yeah. I would love playing with the shield. That would have been fantastic, but I didn't get that luxury. Yeah. That's yeah. That's annoying. Would you go back and try again? I don't think they're asking me back anytime soon. Um, But like, yeah, why not? If they ever did, like, and I could, like, physically do it, like, if I wasn't, like, old and decrepit or, like, in a financial spot where, like, I was, I couldn't, then, yeah, why not? There's no reason not to. It's a pretty easy gig. You just, they feed you, your house, like, everything's, like, right there for you. There's no reason not to. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, like, what was going through your head when you, like, found out you were actually going to go on the show? Um, so, you reveal. And like, they put my key in my disc golf bag. I didn't see it forever. They were, they were getting kind of frustrated. Cause I was like, they're like, Hey, just show us the discs in your bag. And I was like, Oh, cool. Cause like at the time I was super into it. So I was like showing them on my discs and they put the key under the disc. I like got through the entire bag and never saw the key. And they were just like, look in the bag. I was like, Oh shit. And I pulled it out. And like, I smiled for a second. And I like, I pointed the key at them. And I was like, I'm not a fucking alternate. Am I? And like, they were like, obviously like, at first they're like, we can't tell you that anything for sure. But a guy in the back was like, like putting his thumb up he's like yeah you're good so now like okay and I was excited and I was kind of like losing my shit oh my gosh yeah that's so when you find like the video of you finding your key is like legitimately you finding your key yeah they don't tell you you're gonna pull your key out wow like that or they don't tell you when like watching the show for so long I knew it was gonna happen at some point but sometimes like when I'm talking I start to ramble and like I stop paying attention to what's going on around me so like I had no, I had no clue the key was in there. And then we shot it again later in the day because they do like two different locations and they shot one with my family where they like put it in a bullet tip. And this time I knew it was there, but no one else, like my family didn't know. Oh. So like I, it's not a, it's not a great like take. I pulled the key out and like, I'm excited. And I start like getting excited and my siblings and my family are just kind of looking at me like, are you okay? I'm like, I got the key. And like, they like didn't any whatsoever you could tell everyone who was shooting it was like what the hell are they doing are they like mannequins what the hell is this just like staring at me blank eyed what were they were they just like confused or were they just like okay cool they were just like yeah that's cool we figured as much (laughs) we're like well you gotta at least look excited oh my gosh that's actually so funny especially since like your siblings are the ones who wanted you to go i know well my oldest sister wasn't there it was just my two it was my younger sister and my older brother and one of my friends um oh but yeah my gosh okay so you you get your key and then are you like leaving for the airport like immediately um you do like more shooting throughout the day to get your like so like when you're when they're first playing the show you see those like takes at the beginning where like people are living their lives you do all that then and then you go wow and then that's it and that's it they take your phone immediately like they the second they showed up they took my phone oh there my gosh like, which that wasn't was a big it. deal because, like, at the time, I, like, didn't use my phone, like, at all. It was literally just for calling people and, like, hey, I'll meet you here and stuff like that. So that didn't mean Interesting. anything to me. Did you have, like, any – you didn't have any social media presence, like, before going on the show? I had a Twitter, which I seldomly use. 
but I didn't have like an Instagram. No, my sister made that while I was on the show. Wow. That I, I love that kind of story. I think that's just so funny to see people like not have anything and then get out. And it's like, Oh, not only do I have to learn how to use this, I have like thousands of people following me now that I like, don't know what, what do they want from me? Um, I still haven't learned, man. <laughs> my Instagram is just dying slowly. Oh I do not nurture it at all. That's so funny. That is so cool. I think what I love about big brother specifically and like other reality competition reality shows like that is that it really is like normal people who just get plucked and like get put on this show. And like, it's just interesting to see like you like normal dude from Chicago area, like just be picked to go on the show. It's just really cool. Like you weren't anyone famous. You weren't an influencer. You were just Scotty. (laughs) I know. I like when that happens too. I don't like playing with the, or like watching the influencer people. Yeah. yeah, Like it's cool to have one or two of them for sure. Cause like, they're kind of a fish out of water, which makes them like funny to see. But when you have a bunch of people like that is when it gets kind of like clicky and I don't like that. No, I want them to take as many, as many people as possible that are completely different. That way everybody feels like totally out of it. Yes. No, I completely agree. Okay. So if you had to pick like your ideal all-star season, who are you putting together? Who are your favorite big brother players that you want to see like mesh together in the house? See, I probably wouldn't pick like the ones I like necessarily. Cause a lot of okay. the ones I like, like I like chicken George a lot. Okay. But like I probably wouldn't, put him on another all-star season because like from a reality tv perspective i want to see people who like aren't going to get along and i want to see people who like are actively going to try and get each other out like i don't want like like the split house dynamic is cool because you have two sides going against each other but if i can get that to a level where it's like four groups or five groups of people who are actively all like against each other that would be fantastic or it's like they're in like a situation where it's like a plethora of targets and like no matter who you get rid of you're like yes Oh, that's like, interesting. I, I would like something like that. So like, like person wise, I couldn't off the like cuff decide. Okay. Like, no, I don't like fair. a lot of players who are like in these big alliances who are like, they're pretty good players, but I don't like that they play a game to where like, they just kind of attach themselves to a big alliance and like kind of coast it out. I'd rather watch people who are like trying to get shit done. Yeah. Or, like who are willing to like make power moves. I want to see like a power move every week. <laughs> no that's yeah that's actually really interesting I feel like we haven't really had a season like that where it's like no multiple groups instead of just like the split one side versus the other that would be really I mean you'll interesting. get kind of like close to it like 18 was like that like once you got to six you had the three duos at the end and then like Nicole had to like decide which duo to go with kind of thing like they're trying to decide how to split but if you could do that, like on a larger scale from the jump or like yeah. the different teams by week are like, like allying themselves with other teams, like that would be badass. I would love to see that. Oh, that's Just interesting. to see how people navigate it. Yeah. Like I want to like, see people who like. No, yeah, keep going. <laughs> I see like people who like, they know who they are and what they want in the game. And like, no matter what happens around them, that ideology doesn't change. And like, they're going to, like try to all bulldoze themselves to the end. I want to see a bunch of people try to bulldoze themselves to the end because they're going to have to run into each other. 
I like that. I like thinking about what that would look like because it is interesting to think about like this year we had like the teams that were like created by the show. Like, I mean, they got to pick people, but they didn't know each other. I want to see sides that are formed based off of like, Oh, we get along really well. Here's one bit. We get along really well. We get along really well. And it's like actual, like organically that happens. And then they start going. Yeah. Oh, now I'm like, it's just, it's just difficult because like at the beginning you got these people who like try to put their hands in every cookie jar and like it's rare they get caught from the jump yeah wow so now that you've played the game when you think about like strategy are you ever like oh if I went back in I would do this or I would think about it this way um I still think winning like for the most part winning is a little bit of a crapshoot like you can kind of tell the people who are going to make it far, but like all in all, crap shoot. So I would probably just like, I would probably try to have a little more fun with it. Like when I had power in the house, very briefly, I was like a little bit like, I'm making a move. I think I could have done that more even when I didn't have power and like tried to do more. I was like, I put myself in this like disposition where like when I have power, I can make moves. And I didn't like set myself up to make moves when I didn't have power, which is something I would try to do more if I was on again. Yeah. I I would, like I said, if I can get fireworks every week, that would be fantastic. That's so funny. So, okay. You and Rockstar are like pretty good friends. I mean, you're probably better friends with Chris. Is that his name? Chris. Chris. I'm friends with both of them, but yeah, I'm a little closer to Chris than I am with Rockstar. Um, How did that happen? Because you guys were like friendly in the house, but not like you were never like really aligned together. Right. Well, my relationship with Rockstar is kind of interesting because like the first two and a half or so weeks in the house, I'm not sure I ever really even spoke to Rockstar. Like I had like, there was like one meeting. It was when Swaggy won that safety thing, which I think I beat him in, but Swaggy won the safety thing. And we're like all in the rooms, like each group is going in the pitch, like why they should be safe or whatever. And I'm in the room with my group. It's me, Casey, Haley, and Fast. And we're supposed to be pitching why we want to be safe. And Rockstar's in the room. And I just remember I ignored everything everyone said. And I was like looking at her and I was like, why is she in here? I don't understand why. This is so weird. And that was like my only interaction with her the first like two and a half weeks. And then once I was HOH and she saw I was putting up like, Red Winston, she was just kind of like, okay, I fuck with this guy. And then we like started talking a lot after that. Got and it. then like after the show, we did like the big brother like cruise thing. And Chris went with her to that. And that's where like I met Chris. And we have like oh. a lot of similarities in our interests. So I started talking a lot. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it's so I love seeing people like their friendships blossom like outside of the house because that's where you can kind of be like, Oh, you're not lying to me. Right. Like what you said, like you are who you are. Um, that's so interesting. Is there anyone else that you're like really close with that you're like, Oh, I didn't really expect us to be friends. That's like an interesting thing about big brother is I think it's not always, but a lot of times people who you don't think would be friends become friends and people who like, you're like, those two should be friends. They're not friends. Like, me and Steve, obviously, I don't think a lot of people, like, watched our, like, intros and were like, yeah, that old undercover detective and this, like, geeky little white guy are going to be, like, best friends. Because Steve's my favorite person from my cast, even in the day. And he's oh. the one I keep up with the most. 
Um, but then, like, also for my season, this one kind of blows my mind, is going back to Rockstar. I don't see how Rockstar and Rachel aren't friends. They're so similar. It's like, like their backgrounds are similar. Like, besides the fact that one of them has, like, kids, like, match made in heaven. They should be best friends. I don't, I'm not sure those two have ever even had a conversation. To my knowledge, I don't know if they've ever talked to each other. Well, but, like, in my should. brain... I'm like, these two are so like similar in every aspect. Like the way they talk is similar. The things they like are similar. Like what they want to do is similar. That's that actually like, even the way so funny. I think is kind of similar. Like they're both the kind of people who like, once they get on an idea, they're kind of just like on like linear. Or like, I'm the kind of person where like my brain's always like everywhere to like a limited extent. They're just like, whatever they're thinking about, that's what they're thinking about. And nothing else in the world can touch that thought. Oh, I don't know. It blows my mind that they're not like BFFs. That is so funny. That well, now I'm like on a mission, matchmaker. Let's get them to be rock star Rachel together. It's also (laughs) weird calling her rock star. Like I'm now falling back in the habit of it because we're talking about my season, but in general, I just call her Angela. Oh, interesting. That is fascinating. Pretty sure the only reason they called her rock star in the house was because there were two Angelas. Yeah, it's true. I think that's what she mentioned that to me because she tried to bond with Angela over the fact that they were both Angela's and that didn't go so well, did it? <laughs> um, no. Perception um, is skin deep. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, I like don't know her as anything but rock star. Like even like now that we've like kind of formed a friendship, I'm just like you're rock star and you'll always be rock star. And like if you want to go by Angela, that's too bad. <laughs> like I can't Cause, like because Chris calls her Angela, and like when I'm like around her or talking to her on the phone, like everyone refers to her as Angela. <laughs> and I even asked her, I think she prefers to be called Angela. So well, like, I'm sure like when she like, if you get a job or something, you're probably like, my name is Angela. Like you write that on the thing. Everyone calls you that. You're not going to be like, oh, by the way, my nickname that sounds nothing like my real name is Rockstar. I mean, even with like, even like my name, like in my personal life, people just call me Scott. Nobody like calls me Scotty. I started going by Scotty at work because I was like a guest service manager nobody's ever mad at someone named Scotty. When I was Scott, people would yell at me. When I was Scotty, everyone was a lot friendlier. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go by Scotty. So like, I applied that to like, when I applied for Big Brother, I'm like, they're probably going to think I'm nicer if I go by Scotty. I cut oh, like the Star Trek gosh. thing. Because like, whenever they're mad at him, he's Mr. Scott. Whenever they're happy with him, he's Scotty. And I'm like, I'm going to apply that to my real life and see what happens. And it works. That's actually hilarious. So in real life now, you're Scott. Like that's. Um, like my, my sister will call me Scotty, but like my friends and like my brother and my parents, they just call me Scott. Wow. That's actually really funny. <laughs> well, I'll call you Scott. No. Well, I've never been like married to my name. Like growing up, I was always a nickname kid. Everyone always had nicknames for me. Like in grade school, like Everyone knew me as Skittles. Most people didn't know my name was even Scott. What? So like Explain I've never been like Skittles. married to my name. Um, so like from the south side of Chicago to the suburbs when I was like a little kid. And like I started going to a new school. And like when I got there, they did this art project where like they made a gigantic rainbow and like they glued Skittles to it. And it was in the hallway. 
And we were just like sitting, like waiting, like we couldn't go outside for recess. And like, I was just eating the Skittles off of there. <laughs> I was just picking them off, eating them, glue and everything. So I was just like, so I have like this pick where like, if I'm bored and I have nothing to do, I feel like I need to be chewing something. It's like, it's hard to have a diet like that. And I'm still like that to this day. So like, I was eating Skittles off the, <laughs> the paper and everyone just started calling me Skittles. That is actually hilarious. <laughs> Skittles. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, I like that better than Scott or Scotty, so. <laughs> it just keeps getting better. Oh my gosh, that's actually so funny. Um, So what, what were you doing? Like, okay, this is my question for a lot of people because when you go on this show, like you have to quit your job, you have to like, yeah. you know, go for however many months. When you get the call, well, obviously you were just saying like, you get your key and you leave. So do you already have to be prepped and like tell your job you're leaving and all of that stuff before you even know if you're going on the show? I got very lucky with this because the place I was working, it was a skateboard shop and I was like the logistics manager. Their store had done a reality show. It was like one of those ones where, uh, what the heck is the guy's name? The guy from Shark Tank, Marcus something. He like came to their business because it was dying. They do a reality show where they make it thrive again. Oh my god! I was working in a place like that. So the, the bosses and the managers, they completely understood the NDA thing and everything. They understood it way better than I did. So they were totally on board with it. And they were just like, like, I didn't have any problem going to them and like trusting them. So they knew, they knew well more than a week in advance. Cool. That like, I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. We, we totally understand it. We totally went through this process. Wow. And I also found out that week that one of the owners was like a distant cousin of mine too. It was weird as hell. But like, it kind of all worked out. Oh, that is really, really cool. Okay. So that is a nice way to like be able to go about it. Um, so when you got out of the house or you left, the show ends, did you go back and work there or were you like, oh, I have kind of this new world of opportunity. I'm going to try something else. Um, I didn't go back. It was weird. I went back there and I didn't like ask for my job back, but they were kind of just like, you know, you're probably on to bigger and better things. And I was like, I don't want to correct them. I'm just going to leave now, I guess. But like, I talked with them for a while. And like the guy who was my manager, the guy's name is Cody. He was just like, you lost because you're an arrogant POS. And I was like, okay. He's like, you're a little bit of a know-it-all too. And I was like, I know that. And then they were talking about the career thing. And they were just kind of like, yeah, you're probably on to bigger and better things. And I was like, okay, I don't want to let them down. So after that, I know. So I moved to Arizona with one of my buddies and I'd worked at AMC movie theaters before. So I just started working there again. And that's kind of what I still do. I'm kind of over it though. I got to find something else. I'm not going to want to do. That's the thing is I have no idea. I've never understood that. Like the people who are like little kids and they're like, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be my brother did this with accountant. My brother, since he was a little kid, wanted to be an accountant, which is so weird to me. What a dumb thing to be like, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Um, but, and he stuck to it. I don't understand how people are like that. I'm too, like, my brain works in, like, too small of increments. And, like, I'm always, I don't know if it's ADHD. I don't know what it is. But, like, I'm always changing my mind about everything to, like, really decide what I want to do. I feel that. I totally relate to that, actually. Like, everything I want to do is sort of in the same, like, category, but I change it all the time. 
And I can't just like, I, I would probably be farther in my career had I just decided at 16, like, this is what I'm going to do. And I don't like, know, that would be awesome, it. wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be nice. Wouldn't that be nice? I know. But like, instead, you're like, you know, like you get pretty good at something and then you like kind of do something else a little bit. You're like, you know what? I like that more. I'm going to do this now. And yes! then like you completely abandon the thing you're already good at and you learn something new. Then you just keep repeating that process till you're pretty good at everything, but not great at anything. No, that's literally what I tell people. I'm like, I'm okay at a lot of things. Like if you need something like I can, I'm pretty good at this and I can do this for you and I could probably try this for you, but I'm not the best at any of them. Like you could find someone who actually is the best at this thing and they can do it for you. But I'm pretty good at a lot of different things. If you're interested in that, if that is appealing to anyone. I know it's not easy because then you're like, what's, what's my real skill set? What can I like do better than everyone else? I can no, do totally. everything better than most people, but I can't do like anything better than everyone. <laughs> no, it's a difficult life. So true. So are you still in Arizona? No, I moved back uh, to Illinois when COVID started. Mm, My dad yeah. caught COVID and like, I was like, I don't like want to, we didn't know what it was. Right. So I didn't like want to keep living my life. And like, if everyone started dying, I was like, I don't want to not see my like friends and family. So I moved back here and I've pretty much been back here since like COVID's been started. Wow. So do you have any plans? Like, I mean, I know you don't know what you want to do, which I think a lot of people fall in that boat, but have, do you have any idea in like 2022, like something you want to try or maybe you want to move or are you cool in Chicago? Man, I like Chicago a lot, but like the winter months are like tough, yeah. like this is the time of year where like it, like when it's sunny outside, I lose tons of weight. I'm super healthy. Everything goes fantastic. I feel great. I feel like I do anything. And then the sun goes away. There's no vitamin D. You get Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, my birthday. And you're just eating all this crap all the time. And then you just find yourself in the position where you're like, wow, I got to start getting in shape again. And it's, it's just a nonstop cycle. cycle over and over. For like the year or whatever I was in Arizona, it was like warm the entire time. I was like really, really healthy for that whole year. Oh, I totally feel that. We moved to LA from Portland, Oregon, which I feel like we don't have the snow or the wind that you do, but we definitely have the like cloud. Like it's just like permanent cloud from like October to May where it's like the sun is not shining at Uh, all. One of my best friends, he lived in Oregon. He like moved there to like follow a girl and he lived there for like almost two years. And he was saying the same kind of thing. He would not shut up about how beautiful it is. And like, he lived a little bit South though. I think he was in a place called like, it was like Eugene, Oregon or something like that. Yep, yep. And he like would not shut up about these sea lions every day with the sea lions, man. He'd be like, you should see these sea lions. We'd be like, we get it. There are sea lions in Oregon. He's like, no, oh, you haven't seen God. them though. And he brags about the terrain and stuff. And like, he got into photography because he loved the terrain. But yeah, he said the same it kind of thing. It is beautiful. Like, but it is like, yeah, truly just like cloudy, rainy for like eight months a year. And that's like way too long if you're trying to like maintain any sort of like mental health situation. I know, like, it's depressing. So bad. I don't know how people like haven't just like fully migrated from that area because it's so sad, but I guess some people like it. I don't know. I I can't relate to that, but 
yeah, we love like we're in LA now and we love the weather. Um, I can imagine Arizona is like very similar. Um, yeah. But you like living in LA because my limited experience in LA, I'm not a big fan of it. You know, a lot of people aren't. I love LA. I love living here. I love everything about it. Like truly it's so weird. And I don't know if I'm just like this unicorn who like really likes it here, but I have loved every minute that we've been here. We live in a really good spot where we're not really in traffic too much. Um, we were actually just in Portland this weekend and I was like, oh my God, traffic here is terrible. And everyone's like, you, you got LASIK, LA. didn't you? I got LASIK. Yes. I got LASIK three months ago and I had to go back for my like post-op appointment and my eyes are good. I can see it's fantastic. Um, but it's a hor- traffic is horrible in Portland and I've not experienced traffic like that in LA at all since we've moved. So I don't know, but you recently moved to LA. Yeah. We moved literally a week after I got LASIK. Um, so almost three months, three months ago. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, um, that was crazy. We like, I got LASIK and then literally one week later I did my one week post-op and then we <laughs> left. Um, but I really, yeah, I really like it here. I don't know. I like the, the energy people are really, and I think that's maybe because I was in Portland where people are just like really motivated to do stuff because it's maybe sunnier and they get vitamin D and all of that kind of stuff. I felt the opposite. I was only in LA for like a couple of days, but like when I walk around Venice beach and stuff, there were a lot of sad looking people. I was just kind of like, all right, they're all miserable. Like, and I would try to talk to people and they're just kind of like, they're just kind of like, they don't want anything to do with you. I think we've gotten lucky. We knew a couple, we had a couple friends here already. Um, but like, I work out at this gym where I could imagine a lot of people feel that way because they're like, there's a lot of pressure to like live up to whatever this LA standard is or whatever people create in their minds. And if I was sucked into that, I think I would feel also depressed because you can never meet it. Like you can't no, ever. it's impossible. So you're just spinning on this hamster wheel trying to like get somewhere. And I think that could probably be really soul sucking for people. But I don't, I don't feel that way. And I, the people I know don't feel that way. And I think for them, it's like at least being around like other people who podcast or other people who are interested in whatever. It's like, oh, that's so cool to be around that. I think Swaggy actually posted something about this that was really interesting to me where he was like, oh, I had friends messaging me saying that like me hustling and working hard was like annoying to them. And to me, I'm like, oh, that's super motivating for me to like see my friends like working really hard towards something, even if I don't know what I'm working hard towards, it's like, oh, that's super inspiring to like work hard on something or figure something out or whatever. And I think that's why I like LA because it's like, I'm around people who are like really motivated to like have their thing take off or work on this or do this. And me coming from Portland with like no motivation was like, oh, that's actually really inspiring. Like I'm going to start working on something or I'm going to do this. And so I think that's why I like it. And so maybe I mean, that yeah, will wear off. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, it definitely helps that you like found people with like similar interests and stuff. I was just like trying to talk to random strangers and they were just like, get out of my yeah. face. Like, okay. You can't, I could definitely see that. And it's, yeah, there's, 
we, yeah, again, we got really lucky. There's definitely parts of LA, like the beaches or wherever, where people are just like in a totally different world. And you're like, wow, we are not, we're not living on the same earth. Like you are just like over there and I'm like way over here. And it's like such a disconnect. Um, and that's the thing I've noticed that is a little bit strange is like, even just like, I grew up in West Virginia where like, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty consistently like everyone's like essentially like lower middle class. There isn't really a wage gap there. There's not, there's no billionaires, like maybe a couple people have a couple million dollars, but there's not that in LA it's like, like totally both ends of the spectrum. It's so bizarre to live in a place like that coming from like where I came from. Um, so it's like very weird to see that as well. Like people just truly living like completely different lives from each other, like a block away from each other. That's how it is like in the suburbs too. in like Chicago, everyone's like that lower middle class. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I can't imagine. We were just watching home alone. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love that. what movie. a fat house. <laughs> like that in Chicago has got to be so expensive. <laughs> oh my God. I couldn't even imagine how much that is now. Like the fact that I think about that as an adult, when I watched that movie as a child, I'm of course like, Oh, whatever. I don't even care about the house, but now I'm like, Oh, I wonder how they afford the house. I don't know exactly where that house is located, but like the price discrepancy, like once you get into the suburbs is crazy. Cause like there's Naperville, which is like 15, 20 miles North of me. And like the cheapest houses there are like 800 K we're like, and then down here we're on that. You can easily get like a house for like 175. Really? I never pegged Chicago area as being like affordable. It, I mean, in the shitty areas. Yeah. It's affordable. <laughs> It's uh, it depends where you go. Like Neighborville, like you got to have like a nice job to live in Neighborville. But like, it, yeah, it depends completely where you're at. Like there are like awesome areas and there's like really crappy areas. Mm. Uh, it's, it's like anywhere. It depends where you go. It's wherever yeah. they're putting the money. It's true. Oh, that could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay. So what, what are you doing right now for work? Go at AMC. Okay. I'm trying to be done with it. I'm trying so hard to be done with it. Got it. Got it. What would be your like goal next? Any job that pays more and I don't have okay. to work on the weekends. Got it. So you're, you're okay with trying anything. You just want to try something new. Yeah. But I mean, it's also like, I think one of my big problems is like, you can't hit something unless you're aiming for something like where I'm just kind of like throwing my dart wherever. I'm not like aiming for anything in particular. Well, let's, let's play this out. What do you like? What Ooh. are you interested in? Like even not like to do for money, just like, what are your, some of your big interests? I like talking to people a lot. I'm a big talker. All right. Like so my, start a podcast. I thought about that when I first got off the show, but like, I like took a step back. Like I'll do this a lot where I take a step back, like out of my body and I look at myself. And I'm like, do we really need like another white dude with a podcast? I think like, with the right topic, the right topic, maybe you're... I would talk about, like, there would be no, there, like I said, it would be the same problem where there is no aim. It would just be everything. I did, like, a podcast before the show with a couple of my, like, improv friends. It was awful. I literally had to hijack the podcast. Like, we, did, like, made a bunch of bets to where, like, whoever was the winner, like, got control of the podcast. And I worked my ass off to win. And like, I just deleted it. I destroyed the whole thing. It was so bad. 
Oh my gosh, that's so like it was, sad. I think you should try again. It was supposed to be like, to my knowledge, a sports podcast. So like first episode, I did a shit ton of research. I came in with notes about like everything. And then I got there and everyone else else was just like kind of bullshitting. I was like, well, fuck me. And then like the next time, like the topic was like movies. And this one dude was like, I hate that the movie industry, they just kind of keep spitting out the same things that have already been done. And then like 10 minutes later, he was like, I really like, I think the movie is called Disaster Movie, the remake of The Room, where it's almost a shot by shot remake of that movie. And my head imploded. And I was like, you just said you hate remakes. But now oh, your like favorite movie gosh. is a shot by shot remake of another movie. <laughs> and I like imploded. Oh, that's funny. I mean, you could, with your expertise, you could do like a movie review podcast. Most people be like, he doesn't like anything. Because I'm like, that's kind of funny. I'm a critical person. And I think people will take that like as almost like negative or pessimistic. But like, I think that like objecting to something makes you negative. And I think that's like a common misconception. Like, if I disagree with something, I don't think that makes it negative. I think a lot of people believe that like, oh, if you're not for everything that I do and agree with everything I say, then you're not a positive light in my life. Or like, if I don't agree with something, like I love contrast because I, you sucked up to me. You said I was funny, but contrast is where humor is. And I love, I love being funny as much as anything else. So like, I'm told, I live for the contrast. I mean, I think you're hilarious like if you did stand up I would pay money to go like a hundred percent maybe that's your thing um stand up yeah I mean with stand up you don't really have to have a thing because you can talk about whatever you want and so it can change over time or with the day just you have to be funny every time and I think you could accomplish at least that there are people saying online that I've done stand up before but I've never done it I've done improv and improv, that's literally just bullshitting. I, I, that's why I like it. You just get on stage and you bullshit. Well, maybe we found your thing. Doing stand-up? Oh, man, that would be... That's another one of those things where I got to take a step back and be like, another white dude in his 30s. I'm not 30 yet, but I'm close. Doing stand-up. Whew. That's like almost... It's like a trope that I would be stepping into. I just got to be a little funnier and on SNL and I'm there. Done. I think it's... I mean, you're in Chicago. If you take one more improv class, you're basically like everyone else who's ever been on SNL. I haven't done any improv since before Big Brother. That wasn't that long ago. 2018. I'm gassing you up. Let's go. (laughs) I know. I'm not. I'm like the worst person to gas up. You can ask like anybody. I will like find a way to like put a lid on it. I don't like letting things get like out of proportion. I'm just going to start tweeting all day that you're doing stand-up until like you have to, or everyone will be mad that you're not doing it. Oh my goodness. I don't even know. Like (laughs) that means I have to like write stuff and like be creative. I I feel like that's totally your thing. Oh yeah. Like going back to Big Brother, like there'll be times where like I'll think about stuff I said and be like, that was fucking funny. And like, it'll make me laugh or like, I'll see a meme and I'll be like, like, I don't remember saying or doing it. I'm like, that's good. I'm glad I came up with that. That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, there you go. I, is this now, it's no longer a Big Brother podcast. It's like a come with your problem and I will help you solve it podcast. 
anyone else's problems yet? Am I, am I the first? Am I the first problem? You're the first. But yeah, I okay, good. I mean, I would imagine if you've ever been on a reality TV show, you've got a lot of problems, and I am now I here to solve. Yeah, them. you could. T- um, yeah, just like trap everybody in. Be like, yeah, we'll talk about your time on Big Brother, and then like, like they come in, like, okay, let's figure out what's wrong with your life. Let's see what got you onto a reality show, and we're gonna fix it for you. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's yeah, that's that's, that's a market that's missing because like other, it's missing. I, for the most part. I stay away from like the Big Brother podcast. Like I don't talk about Big Brother that much at all. So Why like is usually that? like when I go, like with my like people I was in the house with right after I like didn't talk about it at all. Like usually I'm just kind of like I messed up, and then like I'll be like that'll be the it. Um, I don't know because like when it's with people who were on the show with me, it's kind of like the same thing over and over where it's kind of like they want to explain why they didn't want to work with me or like it's some kind of weird explanation like that or an apology, which one, I don't believe in apologies unless they're like true. I think a lot of people apologize just because like they don't want to feel like they're not liked. And they think by apologizing that if I don't accept it, that makes me the asshole. I feel like that's like a common like thing that people do. So I don't, I won't apologize unless I like really mean it. And I won't accept an apology unless I think it's like real. Um, and two, like they'll try to, this is the big one. It's like 90% of it is like, they'll try to explain why it didn't work with me. I just don't like, I don't care. It's like the fact, like you didn't want to work with me doesn't change anything in my life now. So like, I, I mean, you could have $500,000 if the they wanted is. to work with you, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, but like that doesn't, I don't get the 500,000 now. For them saying they should have worked with me. Yeah, that's true. And then when I talk to people who were players and not on my season, I'll usually, like I said, do the same kind of thing where I kind of like dodge it. And I think that's like because like everyone will kind of give their opinion. And it's not that I don't care about it. It's the same kind of thing where it doesn't like It doesn't change it. I don't like I don't have a response for it. No, that's interesting. What they want me to say. Did you have any like? I mean, it sounds weird to say trauma, but were you like having any like weird like mental health issues post Big Brother? Like, was that an issue for you? No, I literally just like slid like right back into my life. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of a lot of people who have like the mental stuff. That's ninety nine percent from social media creates that for them. Like yeah. when they're first out of the house, everyone's kind of getting along and then they read what people are saying. I didn't really get hit that hard. The only people online who don't really like me are showmancers. Besides that, nobody seems to have a problem with me. And the people that make jokes like about me, if they're funny, I also laugh at them and I'll like add to the joke. So like, <laughs> I'm not like, that kind of stuff doesn't stick to me. I'm not like an easy target for that kind of stuff because a lot of times I also think it's funny. <laughs> Which is a great quality for a stand-up comedian. I don't know. Somebody I'm just, just rip themselves to shred. <laughs> um, wow. No, but that's actually really good perspective. I think we've I've seen that a lot with the people that I've interviewed. Um, it really is, it's not the relationships with the people in the house that become traumatizing post the show. It's the reactions, it's the posts on social media. It's going back and reading what people were saying when you did something in the house or made a move or put someone on the block or whatever that can really impact 
people's it's mental like the health. same hamster wheel you were talking about earlier like there's like this like mental image of themselves that they think that they need to be able to hit yeah it's you can't hit it like i'm just okay knowing that i'll never like like it's an unrealistic thing i'm fine just living down here yeah no that's that's really interesting i think that's good perspective i think it's and that's part of like i mean your personality i think renders this perspective as well but having that and being like a normal person kind of going back to your normal life like you said you weren't trying to like grow a following, get famous, have a bunch of people like you, you were just like, this is who I am and this is who I'm going to be. And I'm going to go back to my normal life. And I think that helped you not be so in your head about all the other stuff that comes with being on not only a reality TV show, but a reality TV show that has like kind of a crazy fan base. Like I've never seen anyone so into a show. Like I have the big brother fan base. I just realized this, but in the top corner, there's like a picture of like a silhouette. Am I not on your screen? Oh, no, I can't see you. <laughs> Holy cow, this whole time, I thought I was on that screen. Um, I press OK. There it is. There he Holy is. Holy cow. That's crazy. <laughs> just like when I thought I messaged you back on Twitter. Where I was that just was like, wow, funny. ignoring the hell out of me. I was like... Okay, so I have a friend who, like, has a really good pulse on people who are on the show who respond to people on Twitter. And so I reach out to her every time I'm like, okay, I'm ready to, like, start interviewing more people. Who should I reach out to? Who's going to respond to me? Because I don't want to look like an idiot, you know, like, messaging all these people. And so you were on the list. And I was like, perfect. I'm going to tweet at him. He's going to respond. It's going to be so fun. And then I got nothing. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. This is fantastic. (laughs) He hates me. I've already talked to all of his friends and I'm still getting nothing. (laughs) I I like thought I sent it and I was from off. I was like, wow. She like asked me to be on her podcast. And I was like, you know what? He said, yeah, or. He's too obtainable. Don't want him. Get rid of this guy. I was just, I was like, oh my gosh, savage. And then I saw my uh, drafts. I was like, oh, there were a couple tweets I did not send out that I thought I sent out. Some of them were for the better. I maybe shouldn't have sent them out. No, it's fine. It's actually so, I thought that was, I made it even funnier because I was like, you're so funny. And then I was like, and this is hilarious. Every, literally everything I touch is a mess. Everything. My, like my alliance was a mess. Uh, every event that I try to do after the show has been a mess. My gay, everything about me, even like my audition stuff was a mess. Like my time in finals was a mess. They were like, don't, they were like specifically like, don't talk to anyone. I talked to everyone. Literally they're on the phone. They said, do not just get your card key, go to your room and then only talk when you're called. I like, I walked in the door. Some guy liked my shirt. I started talking to this guy about wrestling for like 20 minutes. And then I was like, oh shit, don't talk to this guy. And I talked to people I was in line with. And then I talked to the lady giving the card. Like you could tell she was told not to talk to me. But I was like talking to her for five minutes. Went up to my room. Then you go to lunch. You don't to talk to anybody. I sat next to some old couple and I was talking to them. I talked to like everybody. And then I got locked out of my room. Gave me the card key for the wrong room. So like I go to my door and I'm like putting the card key in and it's like declining it. And I'm like, I'm I gotta be at the wrong room. So like I start trying it in other doors and like 
this is probably like part of their test. This is like a psychological test they're putting me through. And so I got to figure this out. So like I spent like half an hour trying to figure out this door. And eventually I was like, screw it. And like, I went down to the main office and I was talking to the concierge forever. And I called them. I was like, hey, I'm locked out of my room. And they're like, oh crap, we're sorry about that. And I was like, oh good, it wasn't a test. Crap. Oh Everything my about gosh. It was Did you see anyone who ended up on the show with you during your final interview? I saw, so like, two final interview kind of things. Uh, the first one, like when I'm in the hotel. Um, the only two people I saw were Caitlin and Haley. And I never, I don't think I worked with Caitlin this, but like, instead of taking the personality test the first like half an hour, I like drew <laughs> a notepad and like I gave everybody in the room labels and I like decided what I thought their lives were. And like Caitlin was so on first when I put a square and I was like, it doesn't matter. She's not getting on the show. And that's what I told them. Cause like, I was like reading through and I was like, this one, it doesn't matter. She's not getting on the show. And then with Haley, like she, cause you can tell who else is applying and like you're eating and stuff. Cause like keep them alone. Um, there was one guy who like was terrified of children. He was like swimming in the pool and like these kids kept trying to swim up to him and he would just like swim away as fast as he could. And like, he was like, you could tell he wanted to be in the pool, but he was like all the way in the corner of the pool trying to avoid these kids, which I thought was really funny. Haley like didn't finish any for food or drinks. She would get like this big plate of food and like three drinks and not finish any of them. It'd be like two sips of milk, two sips of orange juice, take a sip of her coffee, eat, like two bites of all of her food and then like go. And I remember having the thought where I was like, if she's on, don't work with her because she can't finish anything. And then I got on the show and completely forgot about that. And then in my like final, final interview, um, Haley and Caitlin were there, Swaggy, JC. And I think that's all the people that got on that were in that room with me. Wow. That's crazy. I think that's everyone. Yeah. But yeah, my entire, it was a mess. And I would like talk to the PA people like crazy. Like they would like not supposed to do that. Like even when you're like locked in the rooms for like six or whatever hours, most people they would tell me like they'd give them the DVD player and that person would watch a movie. I would not shut up for six hours and just talk to them and like learn everything about their lives in that six hours. And like even there were a couple of them where I could kind of tell where they're just like, this guy does not shut up. Which I'm the complete opposite. If I'm in a big group of people, I'm the complete opposite. I just like I'm like really quiet. I like I'll sit down. I'll stay in the back. But like but if that. I'm one out, if I'm like one on one with someone or like a group of four max, I like will talk your ear off. But like if I'm in a gigantic group, I'm just like you like wouldn't even know I was there. That is actually so. Yeah, my everything, everything about me and that experience is a mess. But I think your like sense of humor probably made it a lot healthier than a lot of people. Yeah, I'm literally to the point, like, I probably got to this point when I was like 15, where like every time something like that happened, I was like, I took a risk. Oh well. We're kind of used to it. And that's kind of like how I fumble through the years. I love that's so funny. So you're 29 now next month oh my gosh are you nervous I'm, I'm my hair is all gonna fall out i'm gonna start getting wrinkly 
immediately the yeah. day you turn 30 that happens i know that's like a legit thing in my friend group too i have two friends who like one of them turned 30 poof gone and the <sighs> other one like this came in thicker and his hair's like pushed back pretty far and like i already don't have the world's strongest hairline it's like i call it the mach 5 because it like it comes in like the front of speed racer's car so like hopefully that just doesn't just go away like hopefully i don't turn 30 and it just go oh my gosh and my dad is like bald too so you have like no hope well they say like genetically that a guy's hairline matches his maternal grandfather and my maternal grandfather isn't bald so i'm holding on to because <laughs> on my dad's side he's bald his dad was bald we're pretty sure his dad was bald so i'm hoping we're all leaning on my mom's side hopefully i keep that hairline oh fingers crossed i want I like a full update on your birthday if you are bald if you wake up bald i was thinking about for like my friends just like shaving it and like just showing up to wherever we're like hanging out for my birthday i mean like guys I'm like like acting like I have like my hat on because I'm like I'm scared and then like take it off and be like guys it happened. <laughs> See, I think that that's would be funny. funny. You're funny. I know, but do I have the guts to go through with it? Because I got to do that boxing. You were on Big Brother, and you, like you don't really if if you want to ignore the fact that you're on a show, it's super easy. Like you just like living in a house, and occasionally <laughs> they wake you up. And they talk to you for a couple hours in a room that's way too cold. And then you just go back to bed. And then you just live your life. You can easily ignore it if you don't constantly think about it. I probably went like, because I was a have-not for two weeks in a row. And in that two weeks, I was just like so zoned out. that I was completely unaware I was on a show. Oh, my god! I was just like, eat when you can. Go to sleep when you can. Just live <laughs> your life. Don't pay too much attention to anything. It'll make you miserable. Oh my, I mean, again, though, I think that like, if I were ever on the show, I would be like trying to have the same mentality as you because that's the healthiest thing you could do for yourself. Yeah, I think it's like healthier to like not think about the fact that you're on a show. Because one, you don't like act up and like make yourself look dumb. Because that was, that's kind of, I think another reason, like social media wise, I didn't get hit too hard is I didn't like really say or do anything to like step on besides like my eviction speech that some people a lot a lot of people love some people hate i will besides say when one, you google you you type in scotty big brother and the next thing that pops up is eviction speech <laughs> that's fantastic i love that i had a hard time getting through that speech because i was like trying not to laugh i was my trying own, to pull like, photos of you for this and i was like scotty big brother eviction speech i was speaking kind of fast when i said it because like if i would have like taken my time and let it breathe i would have laughed my ass off (laughs) which just would have ruined everything oh my gosh i just love i mean thank you for doing this because i like you said you don't really talk a lot about this so i appreciate you going down memory lane with me because i am fully enjoying it it's just so funny um you were the perfect person to talk to Oh my gosh, perfect person. See, that's the kind of stuff, like, I don't know how to, like, physically, this is, like, a weakness in the game, too, because people say stuff like this to you. I don't know how to, like, accept that. I'm like, like, the second you said that, my brain is, like, deflect, deflect, (laughs) deflect. People don't like deflections. It makes them seem like, like, they don't, like, trust you, like, in a game like that, if you deflect everything they say, which I deflect everything everyone says. 
that's that's just a realization I had right now too. So like you're this is like you're helping people again. Yeah, I'm here to help. So we'll do another session in six months. (laughs) You haven't gotten any better. You're kind of the same. Still an AMC. And yeah, right. I'll be like, oh, that's what I've been saying the last 10 years. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something else now. I'm gonna go into something else. Oh that'll be me a hundred percent. Cause you actually, I was trying to say before you talked to a psychologist too in final. So I've talked to a psychologist, which did not go the way I planned either. I thought I was being like a menace. I was like, this lady's going to think I'm insane. And I was just talking my ass off and like my entire life. I just spilled it all out for her. And this exact kind of energy, except I was like more violent with the hand motions. And I finished, I was like, man, this lady is going to think I'm insane. And she like stopped. She was like looking at her computer. She goes, I usually, I'm not like allowed to do this, but I'm going to actually tell you kind of what I think to you. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, she's going to kick me off. I'm going to like not make the show because of this. She's like, you're just adorable. And like everything inside of me looks like stank. Like my face like froze for, I don't know how long. It felt like an eternity. And I was just like, what? Oh. What did you say? She's like, yeah, this is just really cute. And I was like, I would never, like I went back to my room just like sat in a chair for like half an hour. I was like, what just happened to me? Oh my god! Didn't understand gosh. it at all. <laughs> I thought I was like dropping bombs and like being badass, and like this person's gonna be like, "What a crazy life this guy has led." But no, I got cute and adorable energy. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm literally <laughs> just like, it's like an evil, like soft teddy bear who's like trying to be evil, but like. He's just plush, so he can't do anything bad. That was Ew. like the energy I had in that in that moment. I was like, oh my God. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, this was like the best time. I know you don't want to hear that, but I had a wonderful time. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a good time too. I really appreciate you taking the time for real. Um, I'm glad we can make this work and that you responded to me on Twitter because I was a little sad. Glad you responded to me. <laughs> um I yeah I'm just this was super fun I had a blast I hope you had fun I did too thank you I did On the Block is a production of Yes Studios. Our music is by Harrison Amer. Our executive producer and host is Madison McGee. Our producer and co-host is AJ Christensen. And our associate producer is Emily Jacques.